Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8pm to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyse stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the stock market show under the Learning Centre. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Good evening and welcome to Wealth Within Live, the Australian stock market show where you get to ask the questions and we give you the answers about all things investing and trading. With what's going on in the market right now, tonight really is going to be an interesting show. So I'm going to have a look at the markets and I will share with you how to set up a winning trading portfolio, answer your questions, answer, analyse your stocks and a whole lot more. Hello, I'm Dale Gillam, Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educator. Can I say I love days like today and weeks like we've had in the past week. And dare I say that weeks like this are what separates the real traders from those who think they're traders. There's an old saying that wealth is the transference of money from the ignorant to the well-informed. And this is what's happening right now on the Australian stock market. Now it's been a very, very busy week for me with reporting season and with Janine still away. Um, I did chat with her this morning around lunchtime and uh, she really is keen to get back to this live show and help you out. And like me, she gets really excited on days like today. And so she'll be champing at the bit uh, to lend her sage advice to you all. And uh, it was interesting, we chatted for about 20 minutes to half an hour and not once did we actually talk about exactly what was going on on the marketplace because um, like Janine I trust her implicitly with uh, trading for our clients and her analysis methods and everything else and obviously she trusts me so was not really much to say on that part Um, she knew what we were doing uh, would be the right decisions but let me be up front with you in saying that if you are worried or fearful about the market or stocks you own right now then you need to ask yourself why is that so why are you fearful Because fear in the market comes from the unknown, or in other words, not knowing what might happen with the stocks or the market, and as a result, becoming afraid of making decisions. Now here, one of two things occur, and that is you either make emotional decisions or you freeze, and neither is really a good place for you to be. Now, as I mentioned last week, Einstein said that education is the progressive realization of our ignorance. Here's another quote. This one's from Stephen Hawking, and he said, The greatest enemy of knowledge is not ignorance, it's the illusion of knowledge. And here in this statement is why so many traders fail. Now, so see, anyone can sail in fine weather, but a sailor needs to know what they are doing when a storm hits. And it's just the same for anyone in the stock market or trading the market, because anyone can literally make money when the stock market is bullish. And it's only real traders armed with knowledge and experience that can trade well when things are not going as well. 
Now this illusion of having knowledge is one of the biggest downfalls I see with aspiring traders. Now just watching YouTube or reading a book does not and will not ever make you an experienced trader. And I'll say that again, reading a book and watching YouTube videos does not and will never ever make you an experienced trader. Just because you made uh, money in the last six months in a bull market doesn't mean you're a trader either. So I love days and weeks like this and like we're seeing now, as it is a real reality check for good traders and for those who think they are traders. And it's also times like this where the money is made. Now I'm sure we'll have more discussion on this tonight, but for now, let's cut, get stuck into tonight's show. Now it's the first Tuesday in the month and that means uh, first up we're going to have a look at the All Ordinaries Index and get my thoughts on the Australian market because I'm sure that's on the tip of your tongue and, and your lips about what's happening and what I think. So as normal earlier I recorded my thoughts on the market so whilst you watch the video I'll get stuck into the chat forum and look at your comments and questions so I can get ready to look at everything for you later on in the show. So let's get the video going and I'll see you again in a few minutes. Um, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, these sorts of times really do excite me and Janine actually when the market is actually moving down because it really is the time you actually get to see what the market is about and whether it's running on speculation and how strong the buyers and how strong the sellers are. So having a look at uh, the All Orders Index chart that's now on your screen, that's a weekly chart. Now I've got all these um, time analysis on here and I won't sort of explain it for you, but basically I was expecting a little bit of a dip down into this sort of blue area, but this is why I'm expecting it or the major load to happen in this area. Now if I use my little um, cross here you can see here that first part of the blue areas around September mid to sort of third week of September right through to sort of November and I believe the earlier this high comes in so I'm not suggesting this is the high that I've been looking for so that high of 695870 it's quite, quite possible that it is and I know I have been chatting about our market moving into a high uh, and sometime soon the earlier the high happens the earlier the low happens the later the high happens in time, the later the low happens, but we will have it. Our market always makes lows twice a year and it makes a, not a yearly low that's somewhere between 8 and 12%. That's really, really normal. That's why Jenny and I love these times of year because you have two pullbacks in our market somewhere around five to eight percent and then you have that yearly low of sort of eight to twelve percent uh, in a time and every four years you're going to get a slightly larger pullback and every 20 years a bigger one again so it's just understanding how the market moves because it moves in price pattern and time as I continually uh, 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 tell you about and it's understanding these three areas that helps you really allay all the fears about what the market's doing because it's like if you were to take a trip anywhere you know first thing you've got to work out is where you are and the second thing is where it's going or how you're going to get to where you want to go so looking at time and price and pattern tells Janine and I exactly how the market's going to unfold and when it's going to unfold in price and time. Now it's not always going to be 100% accurate in terms of down to the day or down to the cent, but it's going to be pretty close most of the time. So looking at this, we are searching for a high. Now it may be right now or it may be a little bit further down the track. So from this point in time, let me go and have a look at another chart. This is the one I used 
for my weekly stock report yesterday where my All Ordinaries Index report. And as I was saying, we could be, if we do have the high, then we're going to come down into a low. And if we use our little price range percentage tool and we put it onto here and we go down, well, here's eight sort of percent here down to 6344 um, and 12% is taking it down to around about this sort of level here around 6123. Now, if we put a, a tool, one of my a price retracement tool onto this, some of you might know this is a Fibonacci tool, but looking at this, I would say our market, when it, if it is moving down into this level, pull up around that 6393 or above that. Um, and it's quite possible it could stop there at 6588. But as long as it says above 6218, I'm super happy with this market. It's, uh, and that's less than that 12%. It's only around about, what's that one? 10.72%. Uh, so to me, if we are moving down into that, that's one scenario, it would hold to this level or to that level. The other scenario that, that could be happening right now is we're just getting a little bit of a small pullback. So let me just get rid of this trend arrow and I'll draw it again for you here. If I click on that, there's my trend arrow. Where is it? Get rid of that one. And if I put another one on. So what might be happening right now is we've got a little bit of a, a little, get a little bit of a pullback, you know, maybe down to here. Then maybe a move up into a high sort of somewhere here and then down into the low somewhere here. That's the other alternative theory that could be happening. And, and we will know in the next few weeks. Now, right now, given where the market is uh, and what's happening in time and price. Now, to me, this is a really, really short term. It wouldn't surprise me if our market next week just turned and goes the other way and goes ballistically through that all time high and has a nice move up in the next three to four weeks. So right now really isn't the time to panic about our market. Our, right now is the time uh, uh, really it's sorting out the men from the boys, if that makes sense, or the wood from the trees. Uh, it's just a normal, normal adjustment. If we go down onto the daily chart and have a quick look at this, you can see here how our market was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine days up. So it was overdue for this sort of pullback. Generally, you might get four or five days up in the pullback. And again, we've had this pullback through to here to that low there back a couple of weeks ago, back on the 18th of July. Right now, it's just trading below these levels. It's gone through those, but it's nothing to be worried about. And this is really about having rules and a plan. Now, whilst this looks bearish, um, looking at this on a week, a month, a daily chart, sorry, looks really, really bearish and that causes a lot of people to make emotional decisions. But then when we go to a monthly chart and look at that, have a look at that, that looks super bullish. So when you're looking at a monthly chart, the all orders index looks bullish and we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven months up. Have a look through here, see if, see if you can find seven months up through here. We've got one, two, three, four, one down, one, two, three, four, five, and then down. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Is that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven? And a month down. So really, and this is this was coming out of the GFC low, that big low here. Had one month down, went back up again and came back down again. So really what we're seeing now is we were overdue for the market to pull back. Is this mean the market's going to crash? No, it's definitely not going to crash. Our market is definitely not going to crash. Right now, there's definitely nothing to worry about on our market to, at, at all. I think the market is looking good. Short term pullback, just expect it could be falling through to um, into September there, maybe early September, maybe into mid-September, even to late September. But right now, uh, we could be falling away for the next four to six weeks, somewhere around eight to 12%. 
The other alternative, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, is that uh, we get a bit of a pullback and then a move up through the all-time high and then down into a lower low, probably later September into October. That's the other theory that I do have. But right now, this is the time to get excited. This is the time to readjust your portfolios. Okay, that's it for the All Lords or my take on the All Lords for this week. But uh, look out for my Monday's report next week as well. But for now, let's get back to the show and look at the chat and the stocks that you want me to look at. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed my high-level take on the All Ordinaries Index and what I think is going to do, or my different scenarios on that. Now, whilst I've got some technical analysis on those charts, it really is high level. Obviously, a lot of my knowledge and experience is behind all of that, but I tend not to put too much on the charts because I don't want to get into too much detail because most of the people watching, it would probably spin their heads off their shoulders, sort of like that exorcist child, you know, in that scene where their head's spinning around uh, if you put too much on that. But uh, now it's time to get into some of the emails I've received over the past few days. And thanks to everyone who actually sent those in. So let me just grab my glasses and the emails and I'll have a look. I've got about five to go through and there's a couple of questions here, but we've got uh, uh, Ben. He says, uh, thanks so much for reading out my request last week. It was a big help. I know the trade the trade concerns have definitely made uh, things more difficult of late. I believe he's talking about um, US-China since most stocks are in the red. But I'd love to hear your opinion on Kena Securities or KSL. Good dividend paying stock and seems to be on a good growth trajectory um, if we don't take the last few days into an account. Um, and he said he'll be tuning in. So let's have a look at uh, Kena Securities. Um, and you can see that on your screen right now. As normal, we're having a bar chart, monthly bar chart on the left, weekly bar chart on the right. And you can see we've got data back to 2015 there, July. And not a lot of data. And it just recently, back in July, it made an all-time high there a uh, $1.52. Uh, and so what, we've seen a nice little sort of bull move up since this sort of 2017 low on the angles. Getting a lot more steeper, but it does look a little bit more bearish through here in the last couple of weeks. And that's really what he's talking about. And if we go into the daily chart, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. This is a bit more lower liquid sort of stock. So we've seen one, two, three, four, five days down, including today, um, that we've seen a range of uh, nine cents today. And if you're looking at how far this stock's actually fall. And we see from there to there, you can see that's why um, he's looking at it, 17%, quite a volatile stock uh, indeed. And if you're looking at the volume on here, we're talking about 387,000 shares at $1.30. So this is definitely not a stock that's highly liquid. Here's 358,000 shares at $1.30 stock. So for, for most people, I'd, I'd say stay away from this sort of stock because you'll see big moves and big swings in price. And yes, you can make some good money when it does move, but the chances of having good solid rules to get in and out, you will really struggle from this point of view. So we've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven months to make 88 so it's looking fantastic and that's what gets people in and a lot of people will get in right when the, the run is finishing and you can see here you know from this low uh, sorry this close here back in May 27 cents and it's really not much above now it's 34 cents now so a lot of people would have been getting in around here and, and after the run's already gone so right now it hasn't proven it started to fall away too much but i'd be very careful if you're not in it um, i'd be suggesting to stay out of it at this point in time if you're not in it if you are in it i'd be having a stop loss on this pretty close and i'd probably put it right below that low there 
at uh, $1.25. That's what I'd be putting in. Next question we've got is from Matthew. He said, hi, Dale, what are your thoughts on Illumina? Um, and do you think their very high dividend yield is sustainable? Um, he's not holding it right now. That's fantastic for letting me know that. So let's have a quick look at Illumina. As regarding the dividend, I just don't really look at dividends a lot. I'm more interested in capital gain and growth. Um, I don't really, for some without being rude, I don't really care whether they can sustain their high dividend yield because dividends is not where you make the money. That's just a bit of cash flow to fund leveraging if you want to use a borrowing like margin lending. Um, and it's a little bit of cash flow that uh, you might have to put into other stocks and compound, but you don't get rich collecting dividends. So uh, in my mind, unless you're, uh, dividends are more important for retirees and therefore um, they, they are far more important. So I do appreciate that, but um, it doesn't bother me whether the dividend's uh, sustainable, but right now this stock looks bearish to me. Um, we're seeing a high here, it's big high here back at $3.20, and it's just maybe moving down since, and it does look quite bearish at this point in time. Although there is support around this sort of level here, they're sort of $2.19, $2.12, that sort of level. Let me just bring up the whole monthly chart so you can see the whole history of Illumina, and you can see how volatile this stock is. And having traded this stock myself a few times, this could be just a real bit of a pause at this point in time. And, and I'll just put a, um, where is it? Where's my little thing? No, vertical lines. I want horizontal lines up. Where is it going? I've just got to go and go to my tools. I, somebody's been playing with my Optima and drawing horizontal line. Where's the horizontal line? It's probably under H, there it is. Let me just put a horizontal line on this stock and let me just expand that up so you can see and click come on don't you hate it when your mouse doesn't work properly guys pretty much there's a lot a bit of support around there so if it starts to fall below that then i would be exiting it because you don't own it at this point in time but i wouldn't be buying in right now but if it starts to trade up and show some strength above here sort of really above this sort of level at 281 then i would be looking at getting that into it but keep this on your watch list because it might do okay uh, depending on what the australian dollar does and interest rates do over the coming months so do keep an eye on this one anyway the next question we've got is from um, Matthew, Matthew, and he says, hi, uh, just a quick question or observation. Not sure if I'm reading these things correctly. After a few days of my stocks falling, I was thinking to myself, maybe I should sell the worst ones and pick them up again when the ASX picks up. Then I was looking at some of my stocks uh, charts and noticed that even though the price is going down, the volumes are quite low. In some cases, very low. The media is talking about a sellout, but it seems few are actually selling. Good examples of this are Woolworths and West Farmers. Um, it seems there's quite a lot, quite a bit of confidence in the stock if the price is moving southwards, but not many are selling. If this is a good indication to sell or not. Again, I'm not sure if I'm reading this correctly. Um, interesting thing, a lot of people who, uh, who are not sure of these sorts of times think, oh look, I'll just sell out and come back later on. And often with the slippage you're getting on what you're doing and by the time you get back into it, it's generally quite often it may not be worthwhile. It's really about, it's again guessing, and this is really what I want to try and stress to people. Never, ever, ever, ever guess buying and selling. Never do that. Always sell on rules. Buy on confirmation, sell on confirmation of something happening, not on what you think, what might happen, or it could. Uh, and don't ever make buying and selling decisions on your stocks based on the market, because the market is not the stock, and stocks will go counter-cyclical to the market. 
and vice versa. So to me, it's very, very important to look at your stocks first and always have a look at those. And if they tell you to sell, you sell. If they tell you not to sell, because based on your rules, then you don't sell. That's good trading. Everything else is speculation and gambling. So let's have a quick look at Woolworths and Wes Farmers and have a look at that volume that you were talking about. So I'll just bring up a chart here. So here's Woolworths, bullish stock, really good, love it. Simple uh, in my book. And I know we've got students trading this at the very moment. So let's get down to the weekly chart. So this is one week down and it's had one, two, three, four, five up, one down, one, two up, one down. It's looking quite good. Um, the fall from that high, if I put my little tool on it, is only 4.85%, so nothing massive, still looking good. Let's go down to the daily chart and you can see this gap down today from yesterday, but it gapped down, traded down and it's come right back up to close higher. My guess is it'll start to fill that gap pretty soon, but let's go to the volume question. So let's put the volume on the bottom of the chart and I'll squash the volume up so you can see this is daily volume and you're saying there's lower volumes on it, but I can't see that. There's not lower volumes on it. It may have been at the time of day that you were actually looking at it. And this is really a, a thing when you're looking at the market, and I know a lot of um, uh, beginner traders and not highly experienced traders will look at the thing called the depth of the market. So you're seeing all the trades on the screen and prices for trading and the volume there, and you've seen the volume traded um, at that point in time. Now the depth of the market is next to useless to you pretty much all of the time. Um, so I would never ever look at that as an individual trader. Janine and I will look at that if we want to run a trade over a day and we're placing small orders in the market because as a fund manager, in the last week, I, I reckon I've traded $5 million worth of shares at least um, on the marketplace. And some of those I ran through over a period of a day and just ran at different times. So I might've been trading, let's say a million dollars on, on a stock and I might've, we might've gone through in 20 trades uh, or 30 trades to get that onto the market. So you as an individual, we'll never see the depth of what institutional traders like us and other big institutions ever have. So when you're looking at that depth of the market, it's a fictional story, so never make your decisions based on that. But looking at the volume, there's a thing called the matchup at the end of the day. So what's happening there is after four o'clock, Janine and I will place trades. Four o'clock, we might send them in at one minute to four or one or two or five minutes or even up to eight minutes past four. We'll send a trade into our broker and it goes into the matchup, which happens about 10 past four. Where institutional traders like us, we might be selling BHP, others might be buying it, and they just net it all off and we all get an, a, an even price and we're done. So you'll see a lot more volume coming in. So what might you might see at four o'clock might not be the full done volume. And that's why data really doesn't come through to about 20 past four to half past four um, for the end of day data on it, but interesting. But let's have a quick look at Wes Farmers. I'll just put my glasses back on again so I can have a look at this. Hopefully that all makes sense to you. And again, here's the daily chart on Wes Farmers. You see bullish stock, really beautiful, beautiful stock. Good stocks for blue chip portfolios, which we'll talk about later. So I love these, these two stocks. And if you own them, that's great to keep holding them. But again, we're seeing it gapped on a daily basis down to here. Now this one, unlike Woolworths, closed a little bit lower, but I would suggest it probably would, it's due for a pullback you can see there. And if I go to the weekly chart quickly, you can see it's had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks up. So it's not surprising that it's going down. I was like, I was talking about that on the All Lords. You know, the market does, doesn't move up, it moves down again. And this is all we're doing. And see the angle that it's got? So if I just grab my trend line and just draw it across here, you can see the angle that it moves on above and below that rough angle. This is a rough angle. 
um, of this, how this stock moves. But right now, I don't see anything wrong uh, with this stock. It does look bullish. Now, let's put volume on this one and see what happens here with this one. And I'll put it on, I'll open the chart, we'll scrunch it back up again, and you can see normal volumes. There's no low volumes here. So again, be very, very careful about that. I find amateurs in the market or in experienced traders way, way overuse volume when they're looking at the market. They say, and I get to some people and they say, I go, why did you buy that stock? And they go, well, volume was increasing and it's gone up 10%, so I jumped in. Me, as a trader, I don't look at volume on a daily basis. Volume is pretty much useless to you um, in terms of looking at big blue chip stocks because they're so consistent you know, in terms of their volume. But uh, the only time I'll ever use volume is if I'm really short-term trading, highly leveraged trading, looking for specific breakouts and I want volume to support that and I'm only trading for a couple of days. You know, That's pretty much all it is. But even then, it's probably the least thing that I would look at is volume and I think it's quite overrated by a lot of people. Um, you know, at the end of the day, 90% of traders don't make money. Um, and that's a really important uh, statistic. It's worldwide and it's been going for 100, 200 years it's constantly. And, it, and I was chatting with a broker the other day and he said, you know, you tell me that, you know, 80, 90% of our clients um, wouldn't make money and da, 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 da. And I went, yeah. And he goes, he said, it's still the same. It hasn't changed. Doesn't matter whether the market's bullish or whether it's bearish. 90% of traders don't make money because they're using tools and techniques that aren't solid all the time. And it's always about using what works and being counter to what the other market or what the market is actually doing. Because if you do what everybody else does, guess what you're going to get? So right now I do like Wes Farmers. A uh, little bit, uh, a couple of tiny little questions. Um, another one's from Eloise. He said, uh, she says, Enjoying show, thanks. It's very educative. Uh, thank you very much. Could you tell me what you think of Blackmores? We'll look at Blackmores in a minute because I've got another question from somebody else. Um, but I want to get on to another one. This is from Kevin. He said, uh, hi, Dale. Um, I regularly watch Wealth With It on YouTube. I wonder if this is correct. Email address, um, charting for NHC. So he wants me to look at NHC. So let's have a look at NHC and then we'll go and have a look at Blackmores. But NHC, it looks terrible. It's simple. It looks like it's bearish. It looks like it's going to continue to be bearish. Um, you know, it's not a not an exciting stock at this point in time. And not a highly liquid stock. If I just go to the daily chart, it's not too bad, but it's not brilliant. It does, it's okay, um, but it's not exciting me at this point in time in terms of a stock um, choice, but it does, this, this move is really deep and that's what's worrying me when I'm looking at that. If you look at here, if, if you own this stock, then I'm not sure why you would continue to own it. If you'd bought it back through here and it's fallen 50%, that's why we use stop losses. If you don't own this stock, then it's not on my watch list right at this point in time or it wouldn't be on my watch list because I think it's got further south to go and I think it'll probably head down to this sort of area, $1.40, $60, $80. We might see, and this is where what I was talking about on uh, some of my reports like yesterday's market report, you might see little moves like this where it just moves up and this is what catches a lot of would-be traders. It goes up and then goes down again and the would-be traders say, see it moving up and they go, wow, it's hit a bottom, I'll get in, I'll get in nice and cheap because it was up here and if it goes back up to where it was from, if I buy it in there and it goes back up to where it was, I've just made 76% and aren't I a genius? Um, but what they're getting in is a movement that's counter to the trend and they get into these moves thinking, you know, they get on a daily chart and see it move up and think a new trend is starting. So right now, this is not a stock that I would be in. 
Um, let's go to Blackmores, and I can't remember who it was on the chat forum that I asked for Blackmores. I, I, please excuse me if I can't remember your name, but let's have a quick look at Blackmores. Again, another stock that's bearish at this point in time, um, and I've had a few questions on this recently. It's, it is been, has been bearish for quite some time. If you don't own this stock, again, it's not one that I would be in. Fallen 63%. Uh, currently, this moved down at um, 8102 um, and this low here is at 8045 so if it breaks below that low there then I'd suggest it's going to come right back down into this sort of range 30 40 dollars a range and what concerns me is this weekly chart here is that it's breaking below this big sideways movement so uh, and right now it does look like it's going to break that so i wouldn't be in this stock at this point in time so um but uh, with the chat let's have a quick look at the chat and just see what's uh, what people are asking about there and then uh, in a minute we'll get into our topic for today so just scrolling back up to the top i've got one from david murphy he says Hi Dale, do your courses teach candlestick techniques and do you regard them as being reasonably accurate compared to alternative technical analysis? Um, yeah, we teach candlesticks and uh, lots of other things. We actually, people say to me, do you teach um, X, Y, and Z? And generally the answer is yes, uh, we do teach you. But candlesticks are just one tool. Bar charts are tool, candlesticks are charts. The charts we teach, um, um, so bar charts, candlestick charts, swing charts, but there's lots of different types of charts and they're one technique. Candlesticks are charts, but they're also reversal signals. And you've got to be really careful with this. I get a lot of people coming to me and go, I know how to use candlesticks, but I can open up a chart and see Haramis and Dojis and you know dark cloud covers and morning stars and evening stars all over the place. But what makes one of them turn the market? What makes one of them turn the stock or turn a change of trend? How strong is each one of those candles and where are they is more important than actually looking at what it is. And it's easy just to grab a, a book on candlesticks. And I've got a book on candlesticks that's like $140 to buy. Um, and so it's very extensive on candlesticks and the psychology behind them. But unless you combine them with price and pattern and time, they start to have less effectiveness and, and really candlesticks are more, a little bit more for short-term trading. So we do teach, um, as I said, we do teach it, but good question. Um, but I won't rely on them solely on, the, on their own and I never would rely on them solely on their own, but they are an effective technical analysis tool. And just like a builder building a house, he goes to your house with lots of tools, not just one. And that's really what I'm trying to say. Um, let's go on. Um, where are we? Do -do 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 -do. Um, Kurt says, what do you think of sell-off? How do you think this sell-off will affect markets going forward and thoughts on Blackmores? We talked a bit about Blackmores, but the sell-off on the market is really just normal. As you saw in my report just a bit earlier, I think I'm expecting a low. Janine's been expecting a low. We're expecting a yearly dough. I've been saying it for a while, just working out where the peak is, which we may have already had, but we still may be coming. So um, nothing, you know, what do they say? You know, stay calm and drink tea or whatever it is um, that they're talking about. Um, France, uh, no Gepard saying, okay, we got, um, where are we going? Where is off? It was, where is it? Here it is. Um, Anthony says, hi Dale, Scotty, I watch every week. Just wanted your opinion on Fibonacci retracement. Is it useful or should it be ignored? And again, Fibonacci is just another tool we use. We teach Fibonacci, but we also teach GAN numbers. So there's different number sequences. So again, you use them, you don't use them in isolation. There's a confluence of rules and tools that we teach. So you might use Fibonacci with candlesticks, with other methods to bring a confluence of what will deem a move to be strong or weak 
or support or resistance to be strong or weak. And I know there's a lot of online platforms that you know do these Fibonacci retracements um, or Fibonacci tools, and most of them, without being rude, they're CRAP. These online portals, I can't stand them because as a an experienced and educated trader, I go into them and they're sort of Mickey Mouse how they do things, um, and they're really not effective and not to be rude to somebody, I had somebody send me some charts earlier today um, from wherever they got them from, I'm not really sure, and I had to say to them, look, these charts are no good, and the analysis you put onto them is not really good either. And I'm not being rude to them, they're just more of a beginner, and uh, it's just, you, the journey starts from somewhere, obviously, and you do need tools, and that's why I use the, the software I use in Optima, because it's really advanced and it's, it will grow with me as I learn more and more and more, obviously, but uh, it's a really solid tool, whereas looking at some of these online portals with just you know, a basic trend line and some Fibonacci is not good enough from there. So, but um, I've got a question from, oh no, Gippert says, I tried to download your online, your course outline book with no luck. Um, you would have got an email, Gippert, uh, so just check your junk. If, or you, if it's in, not in your junk, let us know tomorrow and we'll actually send it out to you from that point of view. Bevan says, hi Dale, um, just had your second book delivered. Thanks matey, um, thanks for the show. What do you think of Rio? Now it's down about 8% in the last few days and has a dividend coming up in a few days. So let's have a quick look at Rio and uh, then I'll come back and get into the report. So looking at Rio here, oh, that's the wrong Rio. That's one on the New York Stock Exchange. Let me bring up the one for Australia, and I'll just, here we go. Rio is looking awesome. I actually quite like Rio, but see, look at the monthly chart as opposed to the to the weekly chart. The weekly has been a bit bearish, one, two, three, four weeks. But look at the monthly chart if we bring this up. It's looking good right now, Rio, and it's one of those stocks I think will do really, really well um, moving forward. But really, just looking at that trend, you can see there, looking pretty much across there. It's just coming back to its natural rhythm at this point in time. Um, after having one, two, three, four, five, six, sort of seven-ish weeks up, it's just having a retracement. And as I said in my report earlier on the All Lords, it would not surprise me if our market turned even towards the later end of this week and everything started moving up and we break the all-time high next week and move back up for another two to four weeks before moving to into a low, more likely late September in October. And it wouldn't surprise me if stocks like this did this. Right now, fund managers, if you watch my report from yesterday, my market report, I say a lot of fund managers will use the volatility created by reporting season to get the amateurs, so to speak, to make rash decisions, sell out, and uh, then they can come back and buy good stocks cheaper. So um, as I said, right now is the time to stay calm and uh, just watch the market. There is no serious meltdown in our market actually happening at this point in time, but Rio does look really, really good at this point in time. So um, Geppert says, I'm also getting RWC. So there's RWC, let's have a bit of a look at that. Reliance Worldwide, um, let's have a look at that on the screen. Looks bearish, I don't know why you'd be looking at this Geppert, it just looks bearish to me. Um, not a stock that I'd be um, really I'm excited about having in my portfolio at the moment. I wouldn't even have this on my watch list. I think it really is. Um, it's probably right now. It's not something that you should be getting too excited about. So stay right away from it. But uh, um, but now let's get into the topic for tonight's show, which is how to set up 
a winning trading portfolio. Now, this is one of my favorite topics and one of the most invest and one that most investors pay pretty much no attention to. So let's get stuck into it for now. Now, as I mentioned, we are going to discuss how to set up a winning trading portfolio over the medium to long term. Now we're doing this so we can build on what we discussed in last week's show. And importantly, we're doing this so you can work towards achieving your financial goals. All too often people look very, very short term when they're buying and selling and they just look at stocks and we see that all the time. People just think buy and sell the stocks and that's managing a portfolio when it's not. That's more what I would call guesswork and a little bit more gambling than solid strategy. Now, goals are where we start this discussion tonight. Um, and in our beginner's trading mentor course, the first lesson in our trading mentor course is why. And we do this as, the under, as understanding your why really does help you work out the what, which are your goals, and the education you get from us is the how to get your why and your what. Now let's get back to the goals. Now obviously your goals will be influenced by many things, including your age, your income level, the size of your family, your current wealth, and a few other things. So it's wise to sit down and really think about what you want to trade or why you want to trade or invest and how this will change your life or it could change your family's life or what could you do if, and that's really what you need to sit down and document. It's also important to document the goals and objectives of what you want to achieve as this will not only provide you direction that you need to take in order to achieve the financial outcomes that you desire, It'll also provide you with an indication of the risk you're willing to take with your investments. Um, and as I, some analogy I often say is, you know, if you want to go to Sydney, first you've got to figure out where you are and then work out the roadmap to where you want to go so you can arrive there safely. Same process in trading. Work out where you want to go, work out where you are, and then work out the steps in between. Now, the first step to achieving your goals is to document things. And I stress you need to document things. Having that think I might and having these rough thoughts in your head will give you a random results and cause inconsistency in your trading. So here you need to put down as much detail as you can. So after you document your why, then you can go through some other questions that do need answering. So get your pen ready as I'm going to give you a list of questions that you need to ask yourself. And these include how long do I want to invest for? How much money do I require to achieve my goals? What returns do I expect to get? What level of risk am I comfortable with? How much investment capital am I willing to risk for the opportunity to make higher returns? And do I require income or capital growth for my investments? Am I comfortable borrowing money to invest? So these are real critical questions. Now you might have a few more questions and that's fine, just write them down and write your answers down to those. And again, as much detail as you possibly can because this is your roadmap to get your goals and to become successful that you, what you deem successful. Now once you've documented your why and your goals, then you can make a commitment to take action because setting goals is one thing, taking action is how you actually get to them. So to acquire the knowledge and skill, so you need to take action to acquire the knowledge and the skill that will enable you to invest confidently and safely. As I said, if you're nervous about the market right now, that's just a big warning cell sign that you don't know enough. Uh, now the answers you provided to your question will also assist you in selecting a portfolio of stocks that really is suitable for you. And here's the critical aspect, the portfolio that's suitable to you. You need to have a portfolio that is suitable for you, for your beliefs, your goals, your, your, and congruent with who you are. 
Now, what I mean by that is a portfolio that gets your goals and allows you to sleep at night. Basically, if you do things correctly, you should never have to worry about a stock in your portfolio or your portfolio ever. If you find yourself worrying about either of these now, then this is really is a warning size that your knowledge or experience is not at a high enough level and you need to do something about it. Now to assist you in the process, I'll now share with you four different types of portfolios based on the risk levels involved that I outline in my latest book, Accelerate Your Wealth. Now by no means are these the only portfolios that you could construct, but they do provide an indication of the volatility associated with each investment they also provide a robust framework for you to work from. In fact, the feedback I get from those following this framework in managing their portfolios is next to amazing. Comments like, I get better returns, geez, I'm not stressed anymore, I have lower risk, and the list goes on and on and on. So let's get started. Now first up is what I call, or like to call the superannuation portfolio. Now these are just labels, you can label them yourself of whatever you like, but the superannuation portfolio is suitable for those looking for low risk portfolio. So if you have a self-managed super fund or someone in retirement that just wants a steady income stream and not have too many heart attacks with what the market's doing, um, you want a portfolio that delivers a stable income and steady increases in capital over 10 years or more. Now, someone with this level of risk tolerance would not accept a fall in capital value. And let me say that again, if you struggle to tolerate a fall in your capital at any time, then this is your portfolio. With this portfolio, because you're seeking growth stocks that over a period of time reach higher prices and pay higher dividends, that enable you to achieve an annual return of 10 to 15%. Now, this is also a great portfolio for newbies and those with very little education. Here I recommend you construct your portfolio from the top 20 to 50 stocks on the Australian Stock Exchange. This type of portfolio is re really easily managed and requires very little effort and time once it's established, which is why it's more suited to investors who have at least one hour a month to manage their portfolio. Low risk, low time commitment, that's really what this portfolio is about. Next up is the blue chip portfolio is also suitable for those looking for a low risk portfolio but who prefer higher annual returns of say between 10 and 20%. It's a little bit more volatile, but including dividends as well over the medium to long term of about five years plus. This type of portfolio is best suited to people with a low tolerance to risk who are willing to accept small fluctuations in the portfolio whilst achieving capital growth over the medium to longer term. And these people also require very little to no income stream from their investments to maintain their lifestyle. A blue chip portfolio is weighted around 80% to the top 50 stocks on the exchange, with one or two, two stocks selected from the top 50 to 100. This type of portfolio is more suited to investors who have up to about two hours a month to manage their portfolio once it's established. Next is our next portfolio style is our growth portfolio, which is suitable for those who are more risk tolerant and willing to spend more time getting a higher annual return on investments of say 15% plus dividends over the medium term. This type of investor would easily accept fluctuations in the market in both income and capital gain to gain more capital growth over the medium term. That's around about sort of nine months to 18 months that we're talking about. And they would need little or no income and no need to access their capital in the medium term. Now this type of portfolio would be constructed using a mixture of the top 100 stocks with, on the Australian Stock Exchange with 60% of those um, in the portfolio weighted to the top 50 stocks and about 40% weighted to the top 51 to 100 stocks 
in the market. Now, this would give you stability from the stocks in the top 50, combined with the growth potential of stocks in the top 51 to 100. And as you're seeking a higher return, this portfolio is more suited to investors who have at least one hour a week to manage their portfolio once it's established. Then we get into the mid-cap portfolio. So last week we have that mid-cap mid -cap portfolio, if I can say that properly, um, which is more suited to investors who have a medium to high risk tolerance and are willing to accept wider fluctuations in income and capital gains to achieve annual returns of 20% plus per plus dividends. Now, I'm not saying you're not gonna get 20 plus percent from a growth portfolio, I'm just saying these are sorts of minimums that you'd be looking for. Um, the investor also doesn't need to draw income or access their capital to maintain their lifestyle. Because this type of portfolio needs to be actively managed, it's far more suited to those who have a few hours a week to allocate to managing the portfolio once it's established. Now, a mid-cap portfolio is generally constructed from the top 51 to 151, 150 stocks on the exchange. Therefore, you need to be aware that you are taking on higher risks as these stocks are subject to much more volatility, especially when you get outside the top 100. Now your portfolio would be weighted 60% to the top 51 to 100, and 40% to the top 100 to 150 stocks. You may also want to consider holding stocks outside the 150, although I recommend you never hold more than 10% of your whole portfolio in these stocks at any one time. Now remember, the more you stray outside the top 100 stocks on the market, the more volatility you experience, the lower liquidity that is in both the stocks you hold and in your portfolio. So it really is essential that you're aware of this before you start to construct your portfolio. I see far too many people constructing a portfolio like this, but everything's outside the top 100 and they're wondering why their portfolio is really volatile and they get a lot of inconsistency. Now the good news is that once you have a list of stocks to draw from, you'll find that you spend less time researching what stocks to buy as you will tend to ignore any stock that's not on your list. And you'll also be more profitable because you'll spend more time getting to know the stocks that are relevant to your portfolio, which will enable you to pick the best stocks far easier. And of course, as you've heard me say many times before, it's also important to acquire the knowledge and skill that will enable you to invest safely and confidently by getting a quality education so you can fast track your financial goals and retire financially independent. Now, if you wish to get started, I encourage you to purchase a copy of my latest award-winning book, Accelerate Your Wealth, as it will give you the techniques and strategies that will enable you to take low-risk approach to profiting from the stock market. Now, before I finish up my topic for the night, let's talk turkey for a little while. If I ask you to select a portfolio style from those choices I've just given you, I know that 90% of you would choose a growth portfolio or the mid-cap portfolio, and you would do solely on the possible returns that you hope to achieve. Now, herein lies the big issue that comes up all the time, and that is people having portfolios that are not designed for them. Remember I mentioned at the start of the topic that you need to have a portfolio that is suitable for you, that gets your goals and allows you to sleep at night. So if you're solely focused on returns, then ultimately you will take higher risk than you have the knowledge, experience and tolerance for. And when you do this, you'll make emotional decisions. And when you make emotional decisions, you will enter and exit too early or worse, exit too late. Now I know many of you have or are still experiencing what I've just mentioned in your portfolio. And this is ensuring that you're not getting the returns that you desire. 
So if you are congruent with the style of the portfolio you're managing, then you get better returns and you have lower risk and lower stress levels. Now, that has to be a big win. So rather than focusing on the return, focus on choosing a portfolio that suits the time you have available, the level of knowledge and experience that you have, and lastly, but by no means least, the level of risk that you can, can tolerate. So that's it for my topic this week. As I mentioned, if you're ready to get started and you wanna learn more about this, then get a copy of my book, Accelerate Your Wealth. It's in bookstores and on our website, we can send it out to you. So as I go over these portfolios for you and explain how to construct them in a lot more detail than I've been able to do tonight. But remember uh, what uh, we talked about before about what Stephen Hawking said, now the illusion of knowledge um, is more dangerous than not having the knowledge. So remember when you're looking at those portfolio styles, you fit something that fits you, your level of knowledge, your level of risk, your tolerance, everything else. So again, I hope you got a lot out of the topic or my topic for this week. And, and if you'd like me to tackle a subject for you, just let me know and I'll see if we can do it. Uh, but for now, I think it's time we get back to the chat and see some more stocks for everybody. So let me put my little glasses on so I can actually see what we've got here. Um, okay. Um, I've got Ian, he says, Hi Dale, purchase two extra copies of your book as gifts. Oh, thanks Ian. One is for my 18 year old daughter, which will come with $1,000. Mate, I'd like to be your daughter or son, a thousand bucks. Do you have any tips to try and encourage young people to get involved in trading? Ah, yeah, maybe that's really good. I know Janine's really good at this topic as well, but uh, we've written a few articles on this for people. But first thing is obviously getting them interested, and that is about looking at stocks that they're interested in. So finding stocks, they might be interested in Coca-Cola, for example, if they drink Coke, uh, or if you allow them to drink Coke <laughs> from that point of view. But uh, good stocks that they might be interested in, maybe getting them to follow, um, you know, uh, different stocks like Subway, if they eat Subway, you know, those sorts of things. Stocks that are actually on the stock exchange that they might be interested in. Getting to look at whoever they bank with and maybe buying stocks in the bank that they're with. So playing games with them about it and sitting with them. And I know we've got a young girl who's, I think she's now 19. She was training for the um, women's soccer team, the, the Matildas, and her dad um, does watch this show as well and uh, she, her dad, I was chatting to her dad uh, on the phone a, a few months back, probably six months ago and he said uh, his daughter's done our short course and now doing the last two modules to finish our diploma and he goes, Dale I've got such a great relationship with my daughter, we talk all the time now and we're talking about stocks so it's about making it fun and, and really working with them and, and if you're giving them a thousand dollars and helping them build, you're helping them with their future and you're setting them right up because all too often now, these young people are spending as the avocado toasties, those sorts of things, and they're not thinking enough about their future, but they really do need to do that. The earlier the start, the better, as you've seen on the show. So great question, matey. Um, let's go and have a look at a couple more questions here. We've got about 10 or so minutes left. I'll just go back up here. Um, there we go. Um, Wow, there's a lot of chat on here. Um, Natalie saying, hi Dale, would like your thoughts on Newcrest Mining. I bought in at $26, has a nice move up. So let's go into Newcrest Mining. Sorry, there's so many um, questions, etc. I'm not gonna get to everybody tonight as I did last week. So if I do miss your questions, I do apologize. 
um, from that point of view. But uh, right now, looking at the screen, you can see here how Newcrest is just beautiful. It is moving up. Now, Natalie said she bought in at $26, so she bought in around about here. It's a perfect little time to get into this stock. It is going vertical, so that's the only thing that I would suggest. If you look at the angle of this move up from here to here, um, right now, it's if I move that, you can see how vertical it is going. It's running very well in price and time, but it's looking nice. We've had one, two, three, bit in the weeks up. So right now I'd suggest it's probably just gonna have a bit of a move down for a week or so and move back up again. But I think that's a great pick. Uh, Natalie, you've done really, really well. Use the stop loss on there, but right now we can't get an uptrend line on this, but it's probably making a trend line point for you. Um, and so in this downward move, and then you'll be able to put a nice little pivot, pivoted trend line. That's an interesting question actually while I'm thinking about it. Some people, in my book I teach you two rules for trend lines. And that's what I teach. In a course, I've got six rules. So whilst in the trend lines in the book, they are good to keep you safe, they're nowhere near as accurate as what I teach in the course, because obviously the more definitions you have, the better trader you're gonna be. And the trend lines that we draw make even far more money than what's in the book. The ones in the book are designed to keep you safe and to get you in and out of good trades. And so they do work. I don't suggest they don't, but they really do work. But if you really are serious, about trading well, then you need more distinctions. And that's where we have a lot more rules. Um, let's keep going. Um, geez, where are we at? Um, geez, a lot of here. Peter Jury, hi Dale, regular follower of you and have read and enjoyed your books. Um, how much of the Trump factor can you apply to reading the charts? The market is solely dropping because of him at the moment. Um, I don't think it is. It, it's, how do you say that? The Trump effect is some of this overblown thing by the media. If you're listening to the media, then you're not being a good, you're not looking after your own portfolio and yourself properly. Uh, and largely just ignore the media, look at the charts. Now, Trump will come out and say a whole lot of stupid things. He does that, that's, that's just life. But it doesn't matter what the president is, whether it was Barack Obama or whoever it is beforehand, or who the prime minister or what they're saying. The markets look at the metrics, and what I talk about the metrics is momentum and volatility. But what the big end of town will do was use little times like reporting season, like it is reporting season in the US and it's reporting season in Australia at this point in time. And the big end of town make money out of creating volatility. So managed funds readjusting their portfolios, hedge funds pushing things around. Uh, and that's really why you need to look at weekly and monthly charts, more so monthly charts. But right now, the Trump effect is pretty much, you know, with the China-US um, trade deal, it's gonna go through. It really will because China needs the US just as much as China, uh, did I say that correctly? China needs the US just as much as the US needs China, so they'll do a deal. It's just a bit of market volatility, so don't put too much weight on it because I suppose one thing I'll say to you is like uh, the analogy I use, I use as a train line. The train's going from Melbourne to Sydney, it's on a train line, it's got momentum. Yeah, it's gonna hit some stones along the way, maybe there'll be a couple of rocks or two, maybe it'll slow down a little bit from some stations or maybe there's a car across the track and it'll stop, but eventually it'll get to where it was going. That's the market. The market will always get to where it's gotta to go to. Um, the governments, I call them the captains of the Titanic. Sometimes they just adjust the, the tweak to a few things to make everybody feel a bit happier as the ship goes down or um, you know, that's sort of what it is. It's the direction is certain, the, the government just speeds it up or slows it down a little bit, but it won't change the direction from that point of view. But good question anyway. 
Um, Liam Purdy says, should, be, should you be applying your stop losses on a daily basis or wait for the market to close at the end of the week? Really depends on exactly what you're doing. If you're more of a medium to longer term trader, then weekly's fine, sometimes monthly's fine. Also depends on your rules, like uh, there's rules in uh, my book about trend lines, you know, on a monthly, a trend line on a monthly chart, one close on a monthly basis, on a weekly chart, it's two closes on a weekly basis to buy or sell. So, but other rules that we might have could be a close or a trade through on a daily basis. So there's lots of different distinctions and it's always about content and context. So what's the context of your trading and then the content or what you do will then be determined by the context, so whether you're short, medium or long term. But some people, uh, what I find is people don't set the right stop losses for the context of what they're actually doing. Uh, and what I mean by that is some people use very volatile or momentum indicators or volatility indicators in their trading, which whips all them in and out of trades all the time. And I'll, I've said it before on this show, Janine and I do not use any any technical indicators. We don't use exp moving averages. We don't use RSIs. We don't use Bollinger Bands. We don't use stochastics. We don't use all of that. And we get people all the time saying, you know, this is overbought or this is oversold. And I go, so what? You know, because that doesn't mean it's going to stop falling or start stop rising or start rising or rise faster or rise slower. Looking at the chart will tell you a hell of a lot more without the indicators on it. And I find the indicators are wrong quite regular and it's about training your brain. Um, next question I've got from Tony S. Great questions tonight, guys. Evening Dale Markets took a huge hit today. Great. That's exciting. Um, I've been holding SIM for a few weeks. Thoughts on SIM? The future looks great with a nice dividend. So let's have a quick look at SIM. Um, I know this is one of, um, not SIM, how do I, yep, SIM, SIM, there we go, SIMIC Group. That's one of, this is one of uh, Janine's favorite stock, but super bearish. It's been bearish since right through here. You can see here, um, December 2017 does look bearish. Um, she's not trading it, by the way, at this point in time either, uh, from that point of view. Use the wrong tool, Dale, go and use the right tool. Um, you can see how much it's fallen since this high back in there, and it's like down 35% at this point in time. But right now, being in this stock now, I'm gonna say, would you do, 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 do? You've been holding for a few weeks. I'm not sure why you've been holding it for a few weeks, because I don't know, there's really not a buy signal anywhere through here for me. And this is really where, exactly what I was talking about a little bit earlier. Let me just grab a drink for a second. How a lot of people see a daily or daily chart or weekly chart moving up and they jump in thinking it's a buy only for it to fall away and they're trading what I call a counter trend, something that's moving in the opposite direction to the actual trend. And by and I, I find people send me emails saying this is in a trend, it's been on a trend for the last three weeks. A trend is not three weeks and it's definitely not three weeks. But this would suggest to me this stock's bearish. I think it's got further to fall, mate. Um, no good news for you. Um, I hope you've got a stop loss on it, um, Tony, because uh, it really will protect your capital. Because um, if you've had it for a few weeks, you may have tried to buy it through here. And if you bought it through here, it's definitely, definitely that's bottom picking and definitely not a place to buy it from that point of view. Um, we've got here, we've got Peter saying, hi to Shane. Benjamin Youngman, um, RWC and Wes seem to come up every other week, 2,300 stocks on the ASX it is. But when you're looking at um, Wes and everything else, I love those sorts of stocks. And um, But you get other stocks that come up every week as well. 
uh, and you get those those trends of stocks. Um, Fred saying, hi Dale, happy to be back here for the second time. Just got your first book, Saving Cash and learning a lot at the moment. Thanks very much for buying my book and glad to see you back on the show. So thank you very much for that. Um, the Shaman, look at Bitcoin please. No, never, we'll never do that. Um, Bitcoin's not exciting. Um, it's a gambler's market. Um, from that point of view, I'm not into that. Um, regular fam bam, what's the minimum investment with your company? If you want Janine and I to manage your money, it's 50,000 and above, basically. It's pretty simple. So if you want to have a chat with Janine, not right now, she's on, as I said, long service leave at this point in time. Um, but you can give us a call if you want us to send us your details on that. But uh, it just makes, $50,000 makes it worthwhile for what we're doing and for you. Um, and we're doing super well as far as the returns we're getting at the moment for everybody. So um, please put in, uh, just put in a little inquiry and saying I want some information. Um, Claire Snoke says, Evening Dale, I read both your books and started trading mid last year. When my emotions got the better of me, I signed up to your di diploma course, really enjoying it. Well done, Claire. Thanks very much and hope you glad to see you on the show. Um, uh, the shaman said, I'm learning a lot. Can I apply to Bitcoin? You can if you really want to do it with Bitcoin, but I'd stay away from Bitcoin. It's really, a, it's a complete market that's full of rot, rot with manipulation and all sorts of other stuff. Uh, there's a podcast I did a couple of weeks ago. I go and have a listen. It's called Talking Wealth. My podcast is on iTunes. You just type in Dale Gillum, Talking Wealth podcast will come up. Go and listen to it as a guy that advises presidents and everything else in the World Bank. Um, and he's done, he, he put out an article on Bitcoin. So have a look at that before it, because um, Zane's saying Bitcoin is a Ponzi scheme. Totally 100% agree with you, Zane. It is a bit of a Ponzi scheme. Um, Chris G said, would you appreciate your thoughts on Lend-Lease and CSR for today? Lend-Lease holding up on a trend, but CSR fallen below a previous low. Is it in the consolidation pattern over 10 weeks? So let's have a quick look at land leases. As I said to you a little bit earlier, there's, I can't cover everybody's questions. If you're a student of ours, send them through to your assessors, or if you're on our student or graduate on your trading essentials, send them through to us and we'll do them in a lot more detail. But let's just bring up lend lease and have a quick look at that. This is a much nicer stock. Obviously it's just retracing a little bit, but this is a beautiful stock at this point in time. I think this is more medium term bullish, really do like it. So good, good. Um, just, it's coming back to its momentum. If I put the trend line on, you see it's sort of moment, it's normal momentum. It's coming back to that sort of level. So I think this will be good. It'll be, in the next move up, it'll do really, really well. And the other one was um, CSR. Let's look at that. So now this stock's a little bit bearish at the point in time, but again, if I put the trend line on it, you just see it's coming back to its normal momentum after going a bit more vertical. And you can see that. So when you look at these sorts of things, and you can see it's not so bad. And look at this, it gapped down, traded right down, and came right back up again. So this is sort of showing me signs that this current move down is not going to last very, very, very long um, from that point of view. Um, but as I said, again, I can't really cover all of your questions and everything else, but I really do thank you all for putting those questions in and being a part of the show tonight. So, but, uh, and I really do hope you've enjoyed tonight's show and, and really thanks for participating. I really do hope you enjoyed the subject matter because portfolio construction should be your number one first thing to do. It's not about reading reports. It's not about looking at charts. It's not about doing all this other stuff and starting to find stocks to buy 
it is about working out what you need to do and making sure you're congruent with your portfolio. And if you ask Janine, she'll say exactly the same thing. We spend a lot of time on portfolio construction, so we get exceptional returns for our clients. So I'd stress to you, go and buy my book and look over this video a few times and really get into the portfolio construction. And then everything just fits and you, your shares will fit into the stocks you choose, will just fit into your portfolio and you're not chasing the market, which wastes a lot of time. And I do see a lot of people waste a hell of a lot of time chasing the market and chasing stocks and all over things. And they spend hours a week when managing a portfolio should be very, very simple. Um, but if you'd like to, to see the show grow, then remember to share it with your friends on social media. Let everybody know about the show and uh, tell them to get online and uh, have a chat with Dale. Send us your questions. Uh, you'll be helping somebody else. And at the same time, you'll be helping yourself so we can do more and share more with you. And we all learn. And as I said to you last week, I learn as much from your questions. Well, actually, I think I learn more from your questions than you possibly do from my answers, but that's another story. Um, also, make sure you put this show onto your calendar next week so you're back online next Tuesday at 7 p.m. I'd love to see you back here. So, But if you can't be with us live next week, do what some of these people do, and we're always happy to receive an email with your questions. So send them through to info at wealthwithin.com.au and just type in wealth within live in the subject line these people did that for the first time i've had people say wealth within live in the subject line so thanks guys so do that um, but that really does bring us to the end of the show and we really hope everyone enjoyed it as much as i have in presenting it for you and as always really i really love to thank you for taking part and i really do hope to see you again next tuesday at 7 p.m so for now goodbye good luck and good trading thanks for listening this podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.